0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls.
1: Plotting world domination domination. one One book book at at a time. So, I mean, we have to do it one city at a time as well. So why not Boulder? That's
2: going to take a long time.
1: Boulder's awesome. Well, yeah, if we do one city, let's do one state at a time. Why not? There you okay, go. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that wouldn't take quite as long. We've, we've already conquered a very large portion of the U.S. We've just got a few outliers.
3: <laughs> what are you doing to your No. It hurts. It's like really dry. So it's like itchy and hurts all at the so same time. So what day. does
2: that mean? That means like a storm is coming. That means a storm just left. That means um, that there's
3: going to be good
2: crops for next year. Like, what is that?
3: Normally, I start sneezing and my nose starts itching as the storm's approaching. It's or like when you just have allergies,
1: it doesn't photograph well, but there's, there's a lot of stuff on here right now.
2: Yay! Three book girls map. Yeah. Do you all know that you need to like come to the tribe and tell us where you're at so we could put things on the map?
3: Yeah, we got to put are little those markers. Things called Pushpin thingies. It's stickers. They're little diamond oh, stickers. Oh, she a star. Yeah, they're s- they're like little glitter stickers. Shine face.
1: bright like a diamond. Shine nice. bright like a diamond. Exactly. That's why I like that because it's got a pop reference. Since I'm a pop princess, sort of. Okay, I'm not a princess really? anymore. I'm a I'm a
3: dowager. <laughs> I'm just giving good. you a face because you just because you dowager. work at the pop station doesn't mean you're the pop dowager. <laughs> Ooh, we
2: should start calling out states. Are you from Montana? We need you. We don't have anyone in Montana, or in South Dakota, or Idaho. Come on, folks.
1: (laughs) We know you're there. (laughs) That sounds terrible. Do you know someone in Idaho? Because we don't have anyone there. We'd like to have an Idahoan. Idaho. We need Idaho. So aggressive. (laughs) If I lived there, I would be in Idaho. You know, the boys thought that was hilarious when they were. Remember when they were doing the states and capitals? Bonnie missed out on that part. I think this is at work. Did they like
3: the They were doing the state, states and Uranus? capitals, and
1: every time they'd say Idaho, they'd laugh.
3: Idaho. <laughs> you know, yeah. in 36 years, I never thought about the fact that it was Idaho.
1: When you have boys, that kind of stuff no. comes across a lot. Yeah. I, I was more of a Uranus girl. Uranus. Yeah, that was always a good yeah. one. Uranus. What about that? So, Uranus? yeah, our um, our map is looking good. But it could always look better. Yeah. Basically, there's, there is a single jewel for multiple people. And I didn't take a picture of Europe or Australia. Cool Our people support there, Canadian
2: too. needs some love. She we does. We need some more Canadians. Mm-hmm.
1: But what we really need is we need a good turnout in Boulder. So to get that... We need people to help spread the word to come to the live event, which, of course, is happening August 14th from noon to 2 at Trident Trident Bookseller and Cafe. And Cafe. And we're we're so excited because it'll be our first out-of-state trip. Woo! Woo! As a podcast. As a podcast. And with now, like all
4: together, we have left the state before. Yes, we have left the
1: state
3: before, but <laughs> I've left the country a few times. The so. thing
1: that makes this so unique is that this trip was planned right after we started our Friday night call and started making plans to go on vacation somewhere together after the pandemic. And at the time, that was like a oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if that would ever actually happen. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is happening and people are excited about it. Many of our tribe members already have their airline tickets. So we want to put you on that list. You don't necessarily have to fly there. If you're close, you can drive. We would love to have just a great turnout for this. And so we hope that you join us. uh,
3: We've Colorado uh,
1: tomorrow. The world.
3: When are we going to Ireland? ASAP. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: we need we need we'll, we'll get there eventually somebody needs to win the freaking lottery first we got to go to
2: argentina we got to go to um
1: i've never been to anywhere
2: except canada we could go to italy uh italy's on been my to list hawaii are there scotland in
3: hawaii scotland i love that you had to use the accent for scotland scotland, scotland. david Tennant. we uh, got him yeah, he doesn't live far from uh, Edinburgh. He lives. You would know stalker. <laughs> no, it's like I don't know where he lives. I just know he doesn't live far Lies. from Edinburgh. No so, where Harry Styles lives? That's you know public knowledge on TikTok.
1: <laughs> so let's move right along, shall we, girls? Come on, get focused uh, here.
3: Which, by the way, we need some new faces on our Friday night calls. We we love our Friday night people, but it'd be super awesome if we saw some new faces. Yeah, especially if yeah. you're planning to come to the
1: event, then. You know, we, you can introduce yourself to us, and that way we'll recognize you when you get there. There aren't so many of us that we're not going to know you when we, no. I mean.
3: And, and Dana, we miss you. We miss Dana a lot. I think she's just seen...
1: busy now Their her husband's home from I know. the military.
2: But for so. those of you who are like, who are like, I don't know, Friday night cold. These people are so or... weird.
1: I'm an introvert. All I want to do is read. Come on, our tribe page and like answer all our all our questions. Tell
2: us about your favorite books. Who else likes book porn like me? Come on,
1: <laughs> Keith just wants porn friends. Seriously, or trauma. there's. Bonnie needs, <laughs> needs some trauma porn friends. Read my smut. Trauma porn. Bonnie needs some trauma porn friends. Bonnie needs trauma. I need friends. some
3: some robot porn friends. <laughs> I just need some fangirl friends.
2: <laughs> Megan, Megan needs stalker friends.
3: Reminder, if you want to get on the tribe page, it's three book girls book tribe on Facebook. Yes. Yeah, all you have to do is ask. I mean,
1: obviously, if you're. Maybe, unless you're we a don't weirdo. don't even make you a questions. You know, every once in a while, we do have a weirdo try we to do get, get in some there. weird
3: ones every once in a while. A weirdo, like. How would you know? You know. You can tell by their me. profile. You, can, you, you look at in. their
1: profile, and believe me, they're not <laughs> interested in books. Let me just say yeah. that. Dick pics.
3: Is it Bonnie or Martha that is like the ninja? As soon as they get a notification that's like someone's asked to join the tribe and I go to look, it's like Sierra request, because one of you is like a ninja. As me. soon as they come Not in, me. must be Bonnie then. Bonnie's a ninja. Bonnie book <laughs> <Okay>, ninja. <just.
0: laughs>
3: like I'll get the notification <laughs> and I'll me. be like, oh. And then I go and look, I'm like, they already got it. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> she does it on purpose, just to beat you to it, Megan.
3: No, I love it. It's just funny. Like, I'm like, oh, and I'll be like, maybe I'll beat them this time. Nope. Nope, Bonnie's a ninja. <laughs> <is> a ninja. <laughs>
4: because I sit in front of my computer all day with my phone sitting right in front of me. So as soon as I get a notification, I'm like, ooh, what's that? And I click it. Maybe. Like, ooh, look, One day I'm going to beat her, one day. No way. <laughs> no. Book ninja. Maybe. I mean, I do go to the bathroom every once in a while, and I don't take my phone with me when I go to the bathroom.
1: Who, what kind I of a psycho doesn't take their phone the to toilet. the bathroom? Come on. I thought everybody did that.
4: Well, no. I'm always afraid that if I put it in my pocket, that it's going to fall in the toilet. And I don't want to put it on top of the, on top of the toilet paper thing, because everybody says everything on top of that toilet paper thing. And you don't know what kind of nasty crap is on there. You
2: want to know what's coming? You're going to be so happy. I was looking like, so we redid our bathroom and I had to, I was looking to buy like one of the toilet paper holder thingies. And all of them Uh had a little tray on the top to hold phones, like every single one. So that's coming
1: someday. We need more of those.
4: That's pretty fancy. Yeah, but I mean, you're still talking about a public bathroom.
3: That's true. Semi-public, because people
1: in my bathroom,
4: I don't care.
3: Well, and the ones that work, my ours aren't like all of ours aren't flat on the top. So you like go to set your phone on it, and it's like whoop, and like uh, goes off off the thing. I always just
1: hold it with one. I'm got. I've gotten to be very dexterous, you know. Hold the phone with one hand. Yank your pants down with the other. (laughs) One of these days, one of these days, I'm gonna miss. It's gonna happen.
3: Yeah, one of these days, I'm just
1: gonna pee everywhere.
3: Well, and the worst part is, like, I was in one of the bathrooms at work and when you work at a hospital and people hear loud noises, they assume like someone's fallen or someone's hurt. So like they just hear my phone, like slide off the thing and hit the floor They're service. Like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it's just my phone. Just because it was like echoed in the bathroom. You <laughs> like, have- are you sure? I was like, no, it's just my phone. Yeah, everybody come flat. running, running in to help.
1: And you'd
2: be yes. like,
3: uh, what happened Sorry.
1: to the
2: Google glasses that we were supposed to have? Don't, do you remember they were testing those out? You would wear glasses. Oh, yeah. You would see all the crap in your
3: glasses. And you they were like just... Tony Stark glasses. Yeah. What yeah. Really happened to them? I think that. They probably um, gave people eye cancer. Probably. That's why. Way well, well, to bring everything tracking. down Thanks, from Megan.
1: Megan. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, look. He has eye crap.
3: cancer from wearing the Google glass. I mean, why? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Or they read the book the or they or they read the book the circle and went no thanks.
1: (laughs) You know what I just realized? My mic condom isn't on.
3: I noticed that before, but (laughs) I thought maybe you did it on purpose. No,
4: I went and did a remote. Have STDs? you don't have to wear protection when you're alone, Martha. (laughs) (laughs) So you say (laughs) you're
3: gonna have little microphone babies. Well, mine and Bonnie's mic are wearing their protections.
1: If my mic condom isn't on, I'm very spitty in a so pop of more my for the mic protection
4: than yours. And don't the use the Martha's like mic. It's, it's, it's very moist. spitty. It's moist. <laughs> moist. Shut <laughs>
2: moist. up. <laughs> I swear to God, I will review a book that's poignant.
1: <laughs> moist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how incredibly moist!
2: <laughs> we gotta figure out what Megan and Bonnie's trigger words are because we've got the three of us. We've got Rachel's and mine are moist, and yours is poignant. Like, what words do you? Guys moist hate? is not
3: my favorite word. I think penis
1: but... is is uh, Megan's. No, it's blowjob. <laughs> oh, blowjob! Blow yeah. Blow. Yeah, you're your your uh, favorite word. Your <laughs> pink your pinks your pinks are cheeking. Your cheeks are pinking.
3: I don't know. I you so I would say moist is like a least favorite word, but it's not like I am saying it.
1: How about phallus? Phallus is a good one. good like I like, I like word. that
3: word actually, phallus. phallus. I don't know if I have a word that's like when I was in high school my, friend my skin curls gross
2: people out and talk about smegma all the time. Oh, what smegma, yeah.
3: Smegma? Yeah. Oh, she made a face.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's not like triggering. It's not like your reaction to moist. What about you, Vonnie? <laughs>
4: See? Holy shit. I don't know if I don't think I don't know if I have a trigger word.
2: Oh, Bonnie, come
4: Aww. on. We'll find Bonnie it. reads
3: too Much Trauma Porn. That is so freaking true.
2: She's like, oh, look, they just eat a baby into the river. I'm fine.
1: <laughs> I think I'll read that again. I think I'll read it a few times
3: i didn't get enough of that baby she just like like 30 (laughs) second rewinds the audiobook (laughs) like every time she's like wait i missed it hold on i gotta relive that moment you can
2: hear
1: the baby scream one more time (laughs) oh now it's silent all right oh we think we should probably get to the the real trauma porn now bonnie i'm getting
3: punchy it's getting late i know (laughs) that's my bedtime
1: (laughs) Come on we're now. Time,
3: we're time <laughs> traveling again.
1: Yes, we have to time travel a lot this time of year. As you know, if you are a constant, a, life. <laughs> a constant listener would know that my vacations oh. tend to impinge upon real life. Therefore, we have to accommodate yeah. by pre-recording massive amounts of episodes before we go. So time travel from now to the end of
3: July. And we've basically been on zoom since four o'clock today <laughs> right. and it's 8 and 15. they did let us pee
4: on our, <laughs> that was nice on our break you know i was gonna say because i was like what the fuck on our break okay before we started all of this when because i work today and when on the way home i stopped and bought food because my son and his girlfriend were here so i stopped and buy food, bought food and i bought me some cookies and I didn't even pay attention when they <gasps> left earlier during the last Zoom call. They took the bag that had the, the takeout, which kind had sandwich left. My son had sandwich left, so I figured, oh, well, that's fine. They just put their stuff in the bag. They took my fucking cookies. No. no dude. I need to get a cookie, and they took my cookies. Holy oh. shit. And I'm like, oh, my God. They were snickerdoodle sandwich cookies. <gasps> I would never seen them before. And I wanted them because I love snickerdoodle cookies. Oh, That's my God. Kiss my fucking cookies.
3: Ugh. Little shit. Punishable don't by death.
2: Hear After about you this. birthed that boy, you raised him up. And then what? how does he repay you? Steals your fucking cookies.
4: <laughs> what a little my jerk fucking ass. Cookies.
2: <clears throat> Q-tip.
4: Yeah. Mm, Just the tip. Rude. Just the tip. Asshole. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna see the tip of my hand slapping in his ass. <laughs> How old are they when it's <laughs> too late to spank or too old to spank them well <laughs> 22 is okay right yeah they never yeah. get
2: too old but then it gets really kinky yeah i was gonna
4: say and, and then there, you're in the territory
2: that, and you're and then friend. you're in my <laughs> book
1: yeah there reaches a point where uh, the inappropriate nature of putting a grown man over your knee kind of crosses the borderline
3: into very very weird <laughs> turns a little 50 shades okay, okay how about if i smack the
4: tap the top of his head there you know. can get them can get on the chair
3: you can Gibbs him and just smack him upside the snap back of the, the head.
4: Snap the, slap yeah. the tip top of that
3: curly head. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> yep. Uh, so did you read a trauma porn book this week,
4: Bonnie? Well, yeah. Of course I did. Okay, good. Why would <laughs> <Duh>. I not? <know?
3: laughs>
1: Oh, is the sky blue? Come on, Megan. Get I mean, not right now it's not.
3: It's rainy and fucking dark out right now.
1: Just like
4: Bonnie's book. (laughs) Rainy and dark, just like Bonnie's book. I'm just going to keep the darkness going with my book review. Because that's what I do. Nobody would expect anything less. But at least this one's not about war. Wow. Wow.
3: That is unusual. It's called A
4: Mother's Promise by KB... Alden. And this book is set back in the 1920s, 1927, Virginia. And it is about the life of Ruth Ann Riley, who she's born, she's poor, born to a poor family. Um, Her mom is of questionable morals, meaning she sleeps with men for money so that she can buy her kids food. I mean, it's not like she's just, you know, a slut because she's. Promiscuous. She's actually doing it so that she can live because her husband has died and left her destitute, basically. And um, she has three kids. She gets in trouble or gets caught by the authorities being a prostitute. And they send all of them to live in an institution for the feeble-minded and epileptic. And one of the things that they were doing at this time, which is actually truth, is they were, what do you call it when you fix a human? You'd like to fix a oh. dog. Uh-oh. Oh. Ash- their, oh sterilized. 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 Okay. They're sterilizing people that they believe should not reproduce. And Sometime, and sometimes they don't even tell them that they're doing it. They're telling them that they're going to get like their appendix out or going Gosh. for something like that. And they're, what they're actually do- doing is tying their tubes or um, doing vasectomies on the men. And so Ruth is not very smart because she only has gone to school through the sixth grade because by the time she was through the sixth grade, she was old enough to work. So her foster mother took her out of school and put her to work cleaning other people's houses. And until then she was, it's not like she was like the best student, but she was an ordinary student. I mean, she got, you know, B's and C's. She wasn't stupid, but she wasn't, you know, the smartest. She definitely wasn't, you know, mentally incapable, but because she didn't have an education and she was born and her mom was morally questionable she was deemed feeble-minded and uh when she was living with her foster parents she actually was raped by the foster mother's nephew and got pregnant and when she got pregnant it was thought that she was taking the same path as her mother and that's why they put her into the institute and scheduled her to be sterilized and so it's just about, it's about that, about her journey of fighting being sterilized, how they treat her, how they try to trick her into, well, it goes, let me, let me say this first. It's, it's about how they treat her and it's about a court case that actually goes to the Supreme Court on if they're allowed to sterilize these people or not and they use her as a witness to go ahead and pass the bill to be able to sterilize the mentally handicapped without her actually knowing. She thought her lawyer made it seem like he was fighting for her not to get sterilized when actually he was fighting for her to get sterilized. So he manipulates her into thinking that she's going to be able to have this normal life. And really that's not what he was doing at all. So it really kind of brings up a lot of good discussions on whether or not it's invading somebody's human rights to sterilize them without their knowledge, even if they are not fully, you know, even if they do have a low IQ I mean, where's the line? That's know really I mean?
1: interesting. I think I have some thoughts on that.
4: Same. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. And this kind of hit close to home. One of the reasons why I read this is because, um, you know, my, I've said before, my sister, my sister had muscular dystrophy. And when she was 20 and had her first baby, the doctors were pushing her to get her tubes tied. They wanted to tie her tubes before she left the hospital when she was 20 years old and only had one baby because they didn't think that she should be a mother. Mm. Well, she went on to have, you know, another baby and she might not have been the best mother in the world, but she was certainly better than some mothers. I mean, she definitely wasn't (laughs) a bad mother. So, I mean, and if they would have done that, then she wouldn't have had my other niece and it just would have... I couldn't imagine not having her in
1: my life. So that's a really hard question, Bonnie. Because in my opinion, when someone is incapable of caring for their kids, and they keep having kids, and then they end up—I mean, it's—it's—it's it's ter- it's a terrible situation for the kids too. If they're—if both their parents are completely incapable of caring for them, but yet they have rights, so. You can't really do anything to help. Except for try to help the kids. Yeah, Which you I know. can't do because but, their parents have rights over them. So it's
4: like, right?
1: I mean, you can't, unless you can prove, it just opens up a whole other can of worms. When you have a person in your family who is not, you know, capable of rational thought, but they still have a sex drive, it's really hard and Speak. So I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I'm not saying anything mean. I'm just saying it's really
4: hard to
1: have that conversation.
4: It's a moral dilemma. It really is. Because you want the kids to come into the world into a good home and a good environment. And that might not necessarily be true in that situation that you're talking about. Or somebody whose IQ is lower. Or has a history of, you know, imprisonment or drug use or, you know, prostitution and and stuff like that. But in some of those cases, they can change and you don't know if they're going to try to be a better person later in life or not, or if you don't know the situation that they come from or the reason why they're doing what they're doing, you're just saying you're a prostitute, you're immoral, you took money for sex. I you can totally agree with you. I totally
1: agree with you in all of those things that you said, that that's not okay. Because if yeah. you do have the pro- possibility of change, but if you have someone who was born with a defect that is, that makes them incapable of making dis- good decisions for themselves, and they have four or five kids that they're then, I I don't know. I just, yeah, it's hard. It's yeah, a hard, it's, it's a hard it's, thing.
4: It's a hard decision. Just- It's a hard thing. It really is. Like I said, it's one of those moral dilemmas is where's the line where the state is, can step in and make those decisions for you without it taking away your personal rights. Well, and once you start down that,
2: it becomes a slippery slope too, because I mean, once you have that set into motion, who's to say that all of a sudden the line gets blurred and okay, well, at one point this was acceptable and now it's less and less and less. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And
1: I totally get right. that. I am all for people's rights. I really am. I just, this like, book
3: is like extra Bonnie ish. Right. I feel like, like this book is, right. you, she, she
1: knew I was going to push my buttons. That's why she wanted to talk
3: about it.
4: <laughs> Cause I'm like, yeah. Well, well, cause, we, <laughs> Cause we already we had this. Com- yeah. The, the, we already had. Part car, of this well, and it's, it's, talked about it.
3: It's that topic that just like, doesn't have an answer
1: you're right it doesn't have an answer because yeah, no matter because what you say you're wrong yeah.
3: yeah well and doing something so final
2: i mean i could see doing something like i don't know mandating that someone has to have an iud or see but even that that's like see then that's, that's the invasive. thing is that
1: you can't that they won't even allow that and oh, here's but a,
3: britney spears soon have one for 13 years and no yeah, one says um, a damn word about it
1: free britney Free Britney. Free Britney.
3: Damn it. <laughs> Got my car keys
1: and my, I'm ready. Yeah, she, go. That's a really good example of somebody who can change.
3: Yeah. Yeah. because
1: yeah. She had a rough time. Right. She had a rough time. She had a lot of money. You know, free Britney. I mean, it's been 13 years. you
2: stuff when you're young. Yeah. But now she's like 39. Can I know. you imagine being Jesus. 39 and being forced to have birth control when you don't want it? Yeah. That's ridiculous. That pretty and, silly
3: paying a whole shit ton of people to drug you and tell you to do whatever the hell they want you to do yeah it's yeah of your book (laughs) yeah i know
4: yeah it's it's crazy but in this particular book it's not just the people who are prostituting themselves out and stuff like that they actually um sterilize all of their children too because they think that that gene will cross the line all the way down. See, and that's and the slippery kind of, slope. Because just because, you know, this person is that way, doing crazy, stupid things doesn't mean that the daughter's going to follow the same path. Yep. Yeah, but right. in, in their Back mind, then, they, they it's were a like, burden yeah. on the state, hmm. and they, and the only way to stop it is to sterilize the whole line to just wipe out the whole gene pool.
3: It Jeez. sounds so like Nazi Germany-ish. It's so mangala to me. Yeah. Like,
2: because then we're getting into the whole like, oh yeah, let's create the perfect society by eradicating right. who we don't like.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. You're right. Come, like, it's very, very slippy. ebonics or something, Eugenics.
1: Yeah. It's eugenics. Eugenics, yeah. Eugenics. eugenics, yeah. Vonnie yeah. with Making the triggering so so books truthfully if you were going to go that route my father was a burden of the state because he was a schizophrenic Mm. and he had five children i'm all like gene therapy man let's get some gene therapy up in there help us fix it let's not wipe it out let's fix
4: it but of course you know in the 1920s they didn't know anything about gene therapy yeah so, no, the so ahead, the ahead. answer
3: was like an ice pick to the side of your head to fix everything. Oh,
1: let's put a hole in the skull and right. see
3: if that lets some air in. That'll help.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, at least they didn't throw the baby in the river. Yeah, that's true.
3: Kind of <laughs> might as well have.
4: No. Uh-huh. no, they didn't throw the baby in the river. They just performed freaking sterilization well, on nine-year-olds. Uh-huh.
1: Sterilization on nine-year-olds. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good idea. That's not much
4: better. So wait, yeah. how, what did they say they were doing? An append- a pe- taking out their appendix. Mm. They told them that they had an infection, that they had to do surgery. And I mean, a lot of these kids, I mean, they, they're not educated. They don't understand. They've never been in any kind of situation that they, so, and they never would have to understand them? any of that.
2: Like, the, did Wait, they I ever mean, tell the kids that that's what happened? Like, what if they're
4: like in their thirties trying to have kids and like, what's going on? Well, I'm sure that, they happened. Figured it out. that happened some of the times because after I read this book I because it's based on a true story I went to the Wikipedia no! page and I read about this actual family that happened and the younger daughter that they sterilized when she was like nine they never told her and she didn't know that she had been sterilized until she was in her 30s and trying to have a baby with her husband and by this time she was an adult she had she was a teacher she was a pillar of the society and she couldn't have babies because they had sterilized her when she was 9 and told her that they had taken her appendix out
3: so, I this mean, book makes me irrationally example. angry. I'm like so.
4: Pretty. I know. I can't incredible? even like form it's a terrible. coherent thought.
3: I'm so angry right now. Actually, <laughs> like that's oh, why I'm just wow. sitting here like absorbing it because I don't even. I
4: can't even make like an an intelligent like. You need to read this book because it's it's a good book and it doesn't. I mean, there's trigger warnings, but there isn't anything that's um too graphic in mm-hmm. it. So it's not. Totally bad, and it's bad, but not <laughs> trauma porn.
2: Not I, love your head. <laughs> I love you and your trauma porn books.
4: <laughs> and that was called A Mother's Promise by Katie Alden. It was awesome, it was really freaking good. I would definitely recommend this to people.
3: Gee, who wants to follow that, <laughs> Keith? Is it, Keith, do you have an upper book, or do I need to go next? Because I kind of have a happy book.
4: I have a happy book
1: too.
3: All
4: okay, right. good. get on it, Keith. There, bring us back up. We might need two happy books to. We might to need get two happy books book.
3: after that. Let me breathe and bring myself up. We need a little look
1: book at my, zen. Some zen. Look at
2: my happy cover. Okay, yeah, my book is so cute so uh this week i read only mostly devastated by sophie gonzalez and it was adorable it was goodreads described it as like like a simon versus the homo sapiens meets clueless um so it's like shush it's adorable and it's a happy hug it is great so it is about uh so this boy is He's going to be a senior in high school and he lives in California. But for the summer, his family has moved to North Carolina because his aunt is very, very sick with cancer. So the entire family moves so that they can help her and her family. She has two young kids and a husband. And so they're helping out. They think it's going to be a summer kind of thing. So while they're there for the summer, our main character, Ollie, meets his first love, He and he's a gay man and he meets this awesome guy named Will. They have this amazing summer. Uh, Will and Ollie are like just having the time of their life. But they know that after the summer, Ollie's going to leave and go back to California, like across the country. Well, so they they kind of say goodbye. And then Ollie finds out at the last minute that they are not going back to California because his aunt is still very, very sick. And so they decide to spend his last year, uh, his senior year in North Carolina. So they enroll him in school there. And, um, you know, Ollie meets some great people. Uh, He meets this fun group of girls. And, uh, you know, they're chewing the fat. And they're just talking about, like, asking him about his summer and everything. And he's talking about how he met this great guy. And he gives them their name. And they just kind of stare at him like, what (laughs) and he's like what and come to find that will is actually this big man on campus at this very high school he's like captain of the football team like he's this big jock and he's actually kind of a dick like he is still in the closet in his high school Mm -hmm. and so he completely acts differently than when he and will were together over the summer
3: sound like anything, you know, it's
4: totally greased, Greece, Greece. It like oh, Greece. Greece,
2: totally but it's so <laughs> cute because it's about two young gay men. So, and that's pretty much the story. It's just this, it's this retelling kind of, of the Grease story, but with a lot more diversity, you've got young people trying to figure out like where they are in life. Will really wants to come out of the closet, but he's really scared because he, he's had these friends his whole life. He is this big time jock. They make all sorts of terrible jokes about gay people and will just kind of goes along with it and always has. So it's coming out of the closet when you've kind of been one of the big perpetrators of being rude to people that are like you, like one of those things where you protest so much. I mean, it's, <laughs> It's tough, especially when you're in high school. I mean, because they judge you for everything. And I mean, this is a big deal. So it's a really, really sweet story. It's like a warm hug. I I loved it. It's just all about them finding themselves and becoming better people and learning about our differences and that everybody
3: has a place.
2: And it's Greece.
3: That does sound like a warm hug, I'm not gonna lie.
2: It was, it was very, it was very uh, cerulean sea vibes. Mm. It was very sweet. I mean, there were no unearthly creatures or paranormal things, but it was very cute. I liked it a lot. And that was only mostly devastated by Sophie Gonzalez. No forced sterilization at all.
3: I also have a little bit of a romance book this week. Woohoo! I Love know. is in the air. Where's that lightning? <laughs> outside our window rolling in yeah <laughs> mm. all right so this week I read The Love Curse of Melody McIntyre by Robin Talley and I got this book in my December I want to say uh Spearcraft book box and the theme was theater and Hamilton and I was like I don't even care what's in this box the answer is yes immediately Um, And it did not disappoint. The box goodies were amazing, but this book was so much fun. Um, If you have ever been a theater kid, this book needs to be on your TBR list. So Melody is a junior in high school, and she wants to be like a professional stage manager. Like that is her life dream, like to be a stage manager on Broadway. And so she manages like the fall play and it's going pretty well. No major catastrophes until one night her then girlfriend like busts into the sound booth and very dramatically breaks up with her mm. in the middle of the show. She That's has her rude, right? <laughs> and it's in the first chapter, so it's not really a spoiler, but she's literally got her stage manager headset on and the entire crew can hear this meltdown happening over the headset. Uh, so, And what makes this particular theater department a little bit unique is that they are extremely superstitious, more so than your normal theater superstition of, you know, not saying the Scottish play's name and making sure you leave the ghost light on and things like that. So their theater in, I forget what year, long before this group was here, burnt to the ground. And there's always been this, yeah. There's always been this, like, since then, that, like, they have these superstitions and things they have to do to, like, keep the theater gods happy and to keep the show going smoothly. And they make a, like, you have to document them for each show. And typically the superstition for the current show comes from something that happened that went wrong in the last show. So like if somebody tripped over their shoelace, they would be like, anytime you see an untied shoe, you have to tie the shoe and then like spin in a circle three times. Like they do that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So they're because they're high school kids, right? Like they're they're like there was something where you had to like not like knock on the plaque that honored the burning of the building. Like there was like a whole list. Like it's just huge. And they keep it in like a full, like on the on the computer and each stage manager has to add to the list each year all the previous superstitions still apply so like it could be 10 years down the road and whatever 10 years ago superstition was about running into a door jam you have to do and like the stage manager keeps track and like if they catch you they're like you need to do the counter curse now because we don't want something to go wrong in this show it's kind of ridiculous but also very probably true in some places because let's be real, we, those of us who have done theater know there are certain things that if it happens, you got to be like, oh, no, like somebody undo it really quickly. Yep. Uh, and so they've discovered the crew is typically in charge of making the new superstition. And much like normal theater groups, the, the crew kids and the actor kids like don't mix. And so the crew decides that they notice a trend that whenever Melody falls in love... During a show, like something bad happens, like the breakup that was in the middle of the show, or like whatever. So the crew decides that the superstition for the spring musical, which is going to be *Les Mis*, is that Melody can't fall in love.
2: That's rude and. Neat.
3: <laughs> but they it can't tell be about a person, right? So Melody's not allowed to fall in love, and they can't tell the actors that, right? Because they are like, we got to come up with something that the actors are going to believe. So they make up some stupid superstition about. Say the letter T or something. Like I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. And so the actors think it's one thing, but all the crew knows what the real like superstition is: is that Melody can't fall in love. And she's like, fine, whatever. Like I'm going to be the stage manager extraordinaire. I am going to have. It's going to be the best run of Les Mis in the history of musical performances in this building. And no shock, there becomes a love interest. <laughs> and it is actually a one it's a girl in their school who is semi on her way to being famous like she's been in a few things like on tv and on broadway so she's kind of making a name for herself and melody has written her off a little bit and then they start to become friends and all that goes on the more that she becomes friends with odell like stuff starts going wrong. Of course, Melody is like, no, we're not, we're not. I don't like Odell, I don't love her, like there's no way. And the cast is like, really? Like the dude fell down the stairs at the cast party and broke his ankle in three places, but you don't like her? Okay, so they start like assigning this, all the curse things. To Melody and Odell, like, getting to know each other, even. And it just kind of spirals. Anything that could have gone wrong starts to go wrong. And she's freaking out because she's like, I have to be the perfect stage manager. This has to go well. And everyone's blaming her. The crew is blaming her for everything that happens because they know what the real curse is, but no one else does. And so it's just a lot of fun watching them kind of decide, like, do we still believe in superstitions? Have we taken it too far? Like... Is thing are things going wrong because we're so nervous about the superstition that we're screwing it up or what's going on? So I loved every minute of it. I could relate to all of it because you just sit there as a theater kid and go, yeah, mm-hmm. that would, like, I still won't say the Scottish play out loud. <laughs> like, I, I, I was going to say, as Notice. a theater
1: kid, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah.
3: yeah. So from that perspective, it was fun to read because it just took me right back to like high school and college theater days of being like, yeah, no, that shit's real. <laughs> like There are certain <laughs> things that you just don't do. It was a lot of fun. I really liked it. I liked the characters. I liked their relationships. Her best friend has always been a techie with her and he decides like maybe he wants to dip his toe into acting and it's like a big deal that she, he's like, he's crossed to the dark side. Like she talks about it all the time. Like you're on, he's on the dark side now he's an actor. Like we have to cut him out of the techie world, <laughs> which in theaters very real sometimes <laughs> that they don't cross. But yeah, it was, it was a great read. I flew through it cause I just had so much fun with it. And that was the love curse of Melody McIntyre by Robin Talley. I guess it's
1: my turn. I, You know, it's been a rough month for me reading wise. I was just sitting here going through my books and I've done so many rereads, comfort rereads, and stuff like that. And I didn't yeah. read anything all week when I was on vacation, where I normally will consume four or five books while on vacation just in a week. But this year has been a little different for me. And kind of looking around going geez I don't really have very many choices but it doesn't mean that I don't have a good book to talk about it just means that I wish I had a science fiction book to talk about but I don't (laughs) yeah I haven't read any good sci-fi lately all right So this is, it's called The Final Revival of Opal and Nev by Donnie Walton. And it it was a book that I heard about on the tribe. The tribe has such great recommendations. This is probably a book I would not have picked up on my own, but it was so excellent that I felt like I really would like to share it with you guys as well because it was so, it was a unique book. started out as two different musicians, and they end up doing music together in the 70s. She is black, and he is white. He's from England, and she has her very own unique style. Her name, obviously, is Opal. And they sort of get together under this new record label and producing music. But some of the things that happen while they're performing live, sort of change things in their future as well. Meaning that because of the relationship and the nature of racial tensions during that time, one of their live performances is alongside a group that flies the Confederate flag and has a whole group of rowdy participants at this concert, and things go very very bad and it basically changes the future for them and they break up well time goes by and their drummer who was killed that night his daughter grows up to be a journalist and so she starts to dig into things and is telling the story decades later about what happened during that time and of course she's trying to get to know who her dad was and she finds uh, it's really interesting the way the whole thing goes down and she ends up finding out some things that are just uh, that's where the shocking part came in for me where um it was just a good story up till that point and then some of the revelations that come out of it that the journalist finds out about, then she has to decide what she's going to do with that information. It was a really powerful book. And I didn't expect that. I thought it was just going to be another one of those Daisy Jones and the six type books, because it seems like every time there's a book like that, the publishing company will go, Oh, that was successful. Let's pick up this similar book over here. Right. And so, you know, I've read two or three of them now, one of which I'm currently reading and I'm not going to continue reading because I'm over it. But this particular one is a good one to pick up because it has those different elements of racial tension and the uh, differences between the types of musicians that sort of end up in a group together and what happens to them over time and how they grow and change and The revival that happens when you know they they get together to perform together again after all these years, it was excellent. So if you're looking for a good book, that's my suggestion for you today. And that was the final revival of Opal and Nev by Donnie Walton. I am I it stresses me oh. out so bad when I only have one or two choices for a book you guys i I feel like I am yeah. gonna have to just like read like a mad woman to catch up oh. I for once am ahead on books I have two we have we have to do two podcasts I'm next not. week and I don't have anything to review how odd is that I have
4: I don't I have, have anything two books for next
1: week I got two. I have a lot of books but
2: some of them are so. Off the rails, that I don't bring oh Come them, on,
1: come on, it's so smutty that I'm on like, that Smut, Keith.
3: We want to hear it, <laughs> we want to see
1: your true soul. Oh my gosh, down in there, that
2: could be like your final last words. Like, dude, one of these days, I'm gonna bring you like one of the really dark, nasty books, and you're gonna be like, Holy shit, um, Keith, we're gonna pretend that you don't read that anymore. <laughs>
1: Like, so that we can sleep at night. <laughs> Everybody's got their own thing. Whatever you don't feel comfortable sharing, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Although, you know, you know us so well. That's true. It's okay to normalize the weirdness because, you know, we've done that yep. fairly fairly successfully up to this point.
4: Maybe it's something we discuss off the air.
1: <laughs> also fair. <laughs> how are we going to
3: wrap this up we talk about it at the
1: beginning i don't even remember now we were we talking about about our event mostly oh and yeeting babies right yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> we won't yeet you into a river uh if you come to our live event you will be yeet safe you know what for those of us who don't
1: even know maybe. what the fuck yeet i can't guarantee what i come do come on I am old. Eat. I, you throw
3: that? them. You eat them. Where? You know what? I, is that in the
1: dictionary? In, my
3: daughter says it. It's no. this. It's like it's eating it over your head and yeet throwing it. 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 That's yeeting. That's
2: a sucker. But you can know. also oh, yeet that's a you soccer throw in yourself. right there yeah it's a
3: soccer yeah throw in. but exactly you can eat yourself too you can throw yourself off of something what? like oh i didn't know that yeah you've not yeah yeah i have teenagers
1: why is it eating. that they feel the need to make up words
0: so well oh you, what you like okay. make us look dumb like, like,
1: like chuggy yes i had to Dude, ask what the hell i had to ask somebody was that did i text you texted you us and i only oh, like, knew because tiktok told that? me that chuggy i was so happy my daughter
3: you're uncool. Did not know it. you're uncool if you're chuggy it's like it's like gen x and millennial like it's like the new way to call someone a boomer like you're chuggy well, you're I mean, uncool yeah i, I don't How give a shit if that? i'm uncool. So there. Only reason I know is because there's a millennial, a guy that's probably my age on TikTok, and he does the Millennial Weekly Update, and he was like, "Apparently we're toogee." I don't know what the hell that means. And then he like explains what toogee is. The younger call-
2: generation doesn't want to know, doesn't want to be associated with us. Of course so they, they don't. Everything that's dear to us, like I, would, I have worn my hair in a side part since I was 18 years old because it just naturally falls that way.
3: No but side part. If you
2: wear your hair in a side part, you're chuggy.
3: Yes. And there well, was
2: something that oh, you
3: can't say LOL. And I'm like, you guys made that shit up. Why can't I say LOL anymore? Um oh, but let's not forget that the same assholes are bringing back the bucket hats. And butterfly clips. So yeah, they're bringing back butterfly. You know, clips. oh girl, D- butterfly clips are the thing. Dylan's got this
1: bucket I hat, might, and it makes him look like he, he'll wear these black <laughs> socks with his with his tennis shoes, and then he puts on that bucket hat. And I say,
4: <laughs> "Is it time to go to Florida? Are we going to Florida?" Because
1: it reminds me of George Costanza's dad. Yes. So wait, they're basically into black making
3: themselves into boomers. Yeah, they, they're making no, they're themselves, themselves into 90s kids. I don't care. Not get it.
4: 90s kids. We no. didn't wear, we bucket did wear bucket hats. hats. We did. But Our grandfather wore night, that the kind night. Of I owned shit. them. No, I don't
3: even know they had what the hell a Reese, a bucket hat is. The fisherman what? hats. I'm like looking it up. Yeah, no, I fisherman. wore bucket
1: Nobody hats. Ever
4: wore those?
1: Oh shit! When I, I wore yeah, those. Yeah, but a she's time. younger than us, Bonnie. She's younger. <laughs> They're '90s By kids. Well, butterfly she
4: clips. The, she said the '90s. I graduated yes. in the '90s. Nobody but, wore bucket hats in my school.
2: Age. And I had that hat. Yeah. I had one of those hats. I, I have I several yes
1: sorry honey yeah. it looks like you're out okay out- well that voted. must have been yeah you that must, must have, have been, been be, in eastern uh, that Pennsylvania that didn't happen in New York okay <laughs> yeah New York didn't must have been way and then
3: they brought New York's ahead anyway and they're, well they're in there you remember the thing that was like spikes and you like used to have to pull it over your whole head and then push it back and it would like pull your hair back and like Wrote like, yes. yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, those are back too. And someone on TikTok was like, Can someone tell me how to use this? And like, 800 people were like, Hang on, let me dig mine out of my like makeup drawer and was like showing them how to put them on. And I was like, like, I still have I mean, that. My take on this
4: is they want clips. to be remember banana clips, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like they, they want to take
1: all of the things that we thought were disgusting, like the the mom jeans that come clear up to your the <laughs> bottom of your tits now it, i went to the i went to give some of my Those old aren't clothes in, are they, they are yes. i went mom to give jeans? away they are they're yes. huge right now Jeez. so i went i went to get rid of some clothes i had in my closet and the lady's digging through there she goes i can't use these and i'm like there's some expensive stuff in there and she goes you got any mom jeans I said, "Yeah." You're like, what are you saying you, you about mean, me? You mean high-waisted jeans? Yeah, do you have any of those in your closet? And I said, no, I got rid of those years ago. Darn it, we really need those. I said, you're, yeah. you're not See, kidding like me right now, right?
3: Ugh. Oh, no, it's all coming. Well, but someone made the really awful point of pointing out that we think, like kids today, like that are like high kids school age, today. think of the 90s like I thought of the 60s. Like they're the same distance apart.
2: Did Jelly Shoes come back? Did I
4: miss yes. it?
3: Yes. Yeah, Jelly Shoes are back too. <gasps> it's all yeah. back. It's a 90s resurgence, man. Jump on it. No. Well,
4: Jelly Shoes were more 80s, weren't they? That's yeah. what I like bought. 80s, is what early I 90s. When I was Late, a little 80s. Kid. Late 80s. Late yeah.
1: 80s, early 90s, yeah. Jelly Shoes?
2: Because yeah. I can just yeah. picture yeah. myself wearing the Jelly Shoes, stirrup pants, a men's white shirt, and a, a vest. Ah. Yep, and,
1: and a Debbie Gibson hat. Yep, I think I just need to, yeah, like, I had to go Gibson into hibernation. Hat. I need Mona, of my sci fi books <laughs> to put me in suspended animation for a few years until the will Martha this might have to yeet
3: herself, yeet myself
1: <laughs> into the river. <laughs> I'm yeeting, I'll yeet my chooky self into the river. <laughs> You're so hip, -hip. And on that note, I'm going to take my ball and go home. That's going to do it for (laughs) Three Book Book Girls.
2: Girls. Can't
0: get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group